Guess what? Ask Me Another is back on the road, and Nashville, we are headed to you. Jonathan Colton and I are headed to Music City with a suitcase full of our best puzzles, word games, and trivia. So join us and special guests for a live taping on September 13th at the War Memorial Auditorium. Tickets and information about how to be contestant at amatickets.org. Game on! Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another, and you should check out the NPR One app for your phone, because you can discover other great podcasts, stories from your local station, and, get this, exclusive bonus content. Right now, only on NPR One, you can hear a story from the Planet Money team about oil and how it's used in a lot of basic things we use and eat. One surprising example, oil is the active ingredient in aspirin. Aspirin, that's right. That story is only on NPR One, so just go to your app store, download NPR One, and search for the word aspirin. The story will be at the top of the search results. Awesome exclusives and so much more, all on NPR One. From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Ask me another. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Our VIPs are the alt folk duo, the Milk Carton Kids, and you'll love their music, even if you're lactose intolerant. We are so happy to have them. Our VIPs are Kenneth Pattengale and Joey Ryan, otherwise known as the Milk Carton Kids. Our first game is called The Sorrow and the Pity. And here to play it are Jonathan Aronoff and Pearson Brown. Pearson, you were an entertainment host on a cruise ship. That is correct. Okay. Is that like leading the Congo line? or? Oh, you... lots of Congo lines. <laughs> um, even more bingo. Do you do any uh, impressions of famous people? Oh, gosh. Um, when it was in its prime, uh, the show Always Sunny in Philadelphia, a lot of people told me I looked like uh, Charlie Day, who plays Charlie Kelly. Okay. So I just kind of adopted this like natural reaction to be like, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. My, my favorite food is milk steak. <laughs> Yeah, you know, just go on with things like that. Not, you know, I realize now on, on a microphone it's much more visual. No, I, I like it. That happens to us all the time, I, Pearson. True. It. Jonathan, how about you? Any f- impressions of famous people? I guess I can do like a really bad Morgan Freeman. Yes, please. I'll never forget the day I met Andy Dufresne. Ooh. <laughs> And his flock of penguins. (laughs) In the critically acclaimed Rocky III, Mr. T uttered the immortal line, I pity the fool. And a catchphrase was born. So in this game, we're going to have you channel your inner T, and no better person to show you how to do that than our house musician, Jonathan Colton. We will ask you a question with clues to a word or phrase that rhymes with fool. And you'll have to answer as Mr. T. (laughs) So if we say, do you feel bad for the cylindrical piece of wood around which thread or yarn is wound? You'd respond, I pity the spool. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Do you weep for an arrangement whereby passengers travel together in one vehicle, sharing costs and taking turns driving? Pearson. I pity the carpool. (laughs) That's right. I admire your commitment, Pearson. That's fantastic. (laughs) Do you feel sorry for the food made by boiling oatmeal in water that Oliver Twist famously asked for more of? Pearson. I pity the porridge jewel. That is not it. (laughs) Jonathan, can you steal? Yeah. Uh, I pity the gruel. That is the most very somber, (laughs) well-adjusted Mr. T. (laughs) Do you commiserate with the concept that you should do unto others as you would have them do unto you? 
Pearson. I pity the golden rule. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, and just so you know, an actual quote from Mr. T is, I believe in the golden rule. The man with the gold rules. <laughs> that is some vintage Very Mr. Simple T. Simple right philosophy. Do you feel deeply for the gatekeeper of Gozer in Ghostbusters who was looking for the key master? Jonathan. I pity the Zool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is your last question. Do you feel sorry for the 90s singer-songwriter from Alaska who sang, Who Will Save Your Soul? Jonathan. I pity the Jewel. <laughs> of course you do. All right, let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. John, how did our contestants do? I pity the fool who has to face Jonathan in our Ask Me One More final round. Way to go, Jonathan. Now we're going to meet our VIPs. Their current album is called Monterey. Please welcome the Milk Carton Kids. This calendar is so packed. I can't believe we got you. I looked at your tour schedule, uh, and are, are you in a pocket right now of calm, or am I literally catching you in a, a couple days? Pockets of calm. We were in a pocket of calm. You were in a pocket of calm. Yeah, we we actually just travel around in a pocket of calm. <laughs> Joey doesn't have much of a personality, as you can tell. <laughs> Milk Carton Kids is a kind of a dark name. I like it, but I'm sure when you say that to people, you get uh, interesting reactions. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Joey. Because it doesn't strike everybody as dark, and it's supposed to be dark, but when you get on a plane with your guitar and the flight attendant says, oh, what's the name of your band? And you say the Milk Carton Kids, 100% of the time they say, oh, that's cute. <laughs> right. It's not the intended response. What would you like the response to be? I would like no response whatsoever. <laughs> Just silence, and then they turn away. <laughs> yeah. Can I get you a ginger ale? Uh, right. <laughs> Moving on, right? Why did you decide to call yourself the Milk Carton Kids? <laughs> How about that? I know it's the name of a song. Uh, lack of uh, foresight. No, it's the name of yeah, it's the name of one of our songs, and the song is named after a lyric within the song. <laughs> He's not joking. This yeah. is about We're very self-referential. And uh, yeah, the, you know, the lyric is is it is a, it's used as a dark metaphor, um, a kind of a twisted way of actually talking about something that's a positive thing. The vanishing of the insecurities of youth and as adolescence as one finds one's identity as, as an adult. That is, uh, that is pretty deep, Also man. missing children. <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys have been playing together since 2010. Mm -hmm. uh, is that when you met as well? Yeah, they're about. Mm -hmm. And you met in L.A.? Mm -hmm. How did you meet? I, uh, we were both struggling solo artists, Artists is a generous term, <laughs> but we were playing sh concerts, you know, alone under our separate names. And I went to a Kenneth Pattengale concert. Yeah, that's me. Yes, Kenneth. Yes, <laughs> you were highly recommended. And I walked in, and Kenneth was singing a song that he'd written from the perspective of a dead dog. I just knew that the kind of uplifting material we could create together <laughs> was going to be commercially viable. When you first started playing together, Joey, you have said that you thought your sound together was horrible. No, it's true. We, Kenneth and I have very different senses of uh, time, for example, and sometimes of pitch. And so when we played together for the first time, I thought there was a lot of things that were rubbing against each other the wrong way. Um, and it was not until Kenneth had put up a microphone and we heard the recording back and I realized that our different approaches sort of created this really interesting, exciting tension that I was misreading in the moment for, 
you know, dissonance or something displeasing. And, and would you agree with that? I tuned out when he was talking. <laughs> I mean, he is exceptionally boring, is he not? <laughs> thought it'd be really rewarding to be in a duo. It's not. <laughs> well, we're going to see how well you guys know each other, which I feel already I'm getting a sense pretty well, uh, a little later as part of your Ask Me Another Challenge. But right now, we would love to hear a song from your album, Monterey. All right. All right. We can do that. Carton Kids. Coming up, we're going to take misquoting movies to a whole new level. So, yippee kaye, Mother Love Bone. Stay tuned. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Take a moment to thank and share a message from our sponsor, True TV. Misconceptions, myths, and marketing ploys are all around us, but thankfully, Adam Conover is back with new episodes of True TV's Adam Ruins Everything to reveal the awful truth about everything that you take for granted. The electric car won't stop climate change, and buying a home is a terrible investment. Divorce is actually good for society. It's a comedy that will make you see the world a little differently. So check out Adam Ruins Everything, Tuesday at 10 on True TV. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Fifth Generation, maker of Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito Beverage, yes, that is his real name, incorporates the concepts of artisan craftsmanship found in boutique wineries into the spirits industry to create Tito's Handmade Vodka. And Tito still uses the time-honored pot-still-batch distillation process at the original distillery where he started it all in Austin, Texas. Tito's Handmade Vodka is made from corn and is naturally gluten-free.
You're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is our house musician, Jonathan Colton, and our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. And to play our next game, we have Anthony Danielson and Karen Branham. Now, Karen, I like this idea that you're not creating so much a bucket list for your life, but you are creating a list of things you want to do for a big milestone birthday that's coming up. That's true. It is things I've done before in some cases, but it's also things like blow bubbles or smash a penny and read a (laughs) Shakespeare book and all kinds of things. Now, Anthony, you are clearly part of this because you were gesturing. Uh, You guys are married, I believe. Correct. Correct. How long have you been married? Uh, uh, Don't look to her. Six minutes. <laughs> about a year. About, about a year. Yeah. Oh, see. <laughs> I know, everyone gets excited. And how are you factoring into this fun list? I, I don't... Uh, <laughs> she basically I, lets me watch. Okay, yeah. Her blow bubbles and... Uh, it's one heck yeah. of a bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> This game is called Elementary My Dear Emma Watson. Why? Because, as you know, Hollywood is always trying to spruce up old movies. They colorize black and whites. They reboot franchises with new casts. And now they are actually inserting celebrities into famous movie quotes. Or at least that's the premise we're working with. Let's go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, and he'll tell you more. We'll give you clues to a quote from a well-known movie and a celebrity name. Your job is to combine the two. For example, if I say, in The Godfather Part Two, Michael Corleone now recalls the famous words of his father to be about the star of fatal attraction and damages, you would say, keep your friends Glenn close, but your enemies Glenn closer. <laughs> and of course, the winner will move on to our final round at the end of the show, so the stakes are very high. <laughs> okay, here we go. In Casablanca, Rick and Ilsa say their goodbyes before she boards that plane. But remembering that fun they had mocking the hotel heiress who co-starred in The Simple Life, Rick offers this line. Karen. We'll always have Paris Hilton. Yes, that is correct. Stanley Kubrick's The Shining may be a classic, but kids these days don't get all the references. So when Jack Nicholson breaks down a door with an axe, he pretends that he is the actor who brought Jack Sparrow to life. Anthony. Here's Johnny Depp. That's (laughs) (laughs) Who knew that Orson Welles was a fan of Sweet Child of Mine and Welcome to the Jungle? The dying words of Citizen Kane are now a shout-out to the lead singer who made those songs famous. Anthony. Axel Rosebud? You are correct. <laughs> when asked what they did for a living, Bonnie and Clyde said this about the former model and creator of America's Next Top Model. No, they're sweating it out. Anthony says no. Puzzle Guru. What did Bonnie and Clyde do for a living? Uh, they were bank robbers. Uh, doesn't help. <laughs> no, does it? Does it? Oh, you disappointed our puzzle guru. Oh, 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 Karen. Tyra bank robbers. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll give you that. <laughs> we were looking for we rob Tyra banks, but uh, oh. we'll take that from you. For a climactic scene in Apollo 13, the astronauts notify a certain pop singer about their dire situation with this revised line of dialogue and are comforted by her reply, I will always love you. Karen. Whitney Houston, we have a problem. In honor of the 90s love story of Kurt Cobain and his wife, the release of the 1970 movie Love Story includes this alteration to its famous Ally McGraw quote. Karen. Courtney, love means never having to say you're sorry. Amen, sister, you got it. (laughs) Which I think that's her motto, I'm pretty sure. It's pretty accurate. (laughs) She just says that all the time. All right, this is your last question. In the enhanced DVD release of Jerry Maguire, Cameron Crowe name checks the singer of Two Tickets to Paradise, 
by making a small change in Cuba Gooding Jr.'s famous financial chant. Anthony. Show me the Eddie money. You got it. Were you surprised that came out of you? I'm, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, I know. You're like, how did that happen? Yes, it, yeah. <laughs> there was a synthesis. It happened. Let's go to our puzzle guru, John Janeski. How did our contestants do? Well, Afira, it's Karen who will get to say, I'll be Johann Sebastian Bach <laughs> later on during our Ask Me One More final round. Congratulations, Karen. <laughs> Our next contestants, Abigail Elliman and Ren McDermott. <laughs> Abigail, you're in a marching band. I am. With the best name of all time. The Rude Mechanical Orchestra. Do you go by RMO? We so, do, yeah, yes. I'm sure you do. What do you play? Uh, I'm a drummer. You are? Mm-hmm. And what is your, you know, what's your showstopper number? Oh, we have a really incredible... Uh, a couple of numbers that involve choreography. Yeah, sure you do. Um, so there's one where we sort of like zombie lurch forward to the beat and then tiptoe backward uh-huh. um, and then do some like side to sides. Yeah, what's, to what song? Uh, so it's a song written by one of our, our band members. Oh, actually, nice, an, an original. original. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Ren, you're a fourth grade teacher, uh, but you are really into musicals and we're just in a musical. Oh, well, I do musical improv. You do musical improv? Yes. Okay. So I guess I'm in a musical okay. like once a week. <laughs> a <laughs> new it. one. Have all the time. Yeah. That's never been written. Exactly. Now, I don't know how social you are, uh, but if you had to drop out of existence for like a weekend, just do whatever you wanted, what is your reclusive activity of choice? Order in soup dumplings mm-hmm. and um, watch... Um, movies that make me cry. Sure, yeah. Yeah. That sounds uplifting. In bed. In bed. bed. By myself. Yeah. (laughs) I like that you specified by myself. When I'm reclusive, I usually have 20 to 30 people, but this time, it's different. How about you, Abigail? I often have designs of uh, some sort of movie watching, Yeah. but I'm also just very good at sleeping for Mm. long periods of time. Yeah, I call that shutting down. Yeah. Yeah. Restarting. (laughs) Okay, your game is called Alone Together Like We All Are in Life. Uh, and it's a music game. Yep. Jonathan Colton. Thanks for that uplifting uh, <laughs> image, Afira. It's just part of this show. There's a hidden theme to There's this show. There's a lot of darkness in this show. <laughs> I'm right. enjoying it very much. This is a game about famous reclusive people, and each clue is set to a song that's about being alone or wanting to be alone. So name the recluse, and for a bonus point, name the title of the original song. So There's two points per clue. And if you don't know the song, your opponent can steal that point. Here we go. (laughs) Didn't like to write too much. Mostly short stories and such. Wrote a novel of stature. Title mentioned to catcher. Maybe Caulfield's like myself. Uh, 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 uh. (laughs) Abigail? J.D. Salinger. J.D. Salinger. And can you name the song? And the song is Dancing With Myself. That's right. Glad I'm alone now The poems that I write I don't show them around At my Amherst home now My sister Lavinia Guess what she found Abigail? The poet Emily Dickinson The poet Emily Dickinson is correct Do you Uh, know the name of the song? I think I'm alone now Uh, ish uh, I think we're alone now Yeah, that's right When I was young, I had more books than anyone. Flying planes was just for fun, but now I shun. All by myself, I don't like germs all by Nails so long. 
Thanks for that one clap, everyone. <laughs> I just want to say there were a lot of half-diminished chords in that one. It was pretty hard to play. <laughs> Does anybody know the frickin' answer? Uh, Ren, Ren, uh... Oh, did somebody... Yeah, Ren uh, buzzed in. Oh, Ren buzzed in. Yeah. I didn't hear it because I was yelling at the I audience. Know. <laughs> you were, like, getting in touch with your inner Celine Dion. <laughs> Ren, what is the answer? Um, Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes is and correct. All by Myself. Yeah, you got it. a great sketch show Tyrone Prince Rick James to name a few but then I walked away I'm probably never making half-baked two Ren <laughs> I think I'm really wrong but um Joaquin Phoenix uh that is incorrect no, I'm okay. sorry Abigail do you know what it is Dave Chappelle Dave Chappelle that's correct do you know the name of the song I walk the line no we walk the line <laughs> it's not it's not a That's pronoun like, problem, Abigail. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like the marching band version of a Johnny Cash song. Ren, I, this is highly unorthodox, so I'm not entirely sure this is kosher, but I think you can yep. steal that point if you know the name of the song. Uh, lonely line? I walked the oh, No, no, also incorrect. We were looking for Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Oh, yeah. 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 I know. Okay, here we go. Just a comic strip I wrote about a boy. Imagination rules when he's with his stuffed toy. This kid believes his tiger is alive. People loved it, but I quit in 95. Abigail. Bill Watterson. Bill Watterson, that's correct. And the name of the song? Sending out an SOS. Sorry, that is not the name of the song. But that is a lyric. That is a lyric from the song. I will give you zero points for that. <laughs> Ren, do you know the name of the song? No. <laughs> it's getting really heavy once, up here. Once I have a seed from her, then, I, then I, I'm lost. I'm thinking about ships and... She <laughs> me, you're saying Abigail messed you up? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Blaming oh. Abigail. Can I, can I jump in again? No. Uh, Fourth sure. grade. If you want. I can't, I can't give you the point now, okay. but yeah, you can show how smart you are. Message in a bottle? That's correct. <laughs> this is your last clue. You'll be, you'll be relieved to hear. When I played Spassky, the Cold War was raging. I beat him, then left the spotlight. Something's not right. I was a grandmaster. I always won the game. I was a grandmaster. Twas chess that brought me fame. Abigail. Bobby Fisher. Bobby Fisher. Yay. Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby. Well done. John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Well, John, Abigail will be moving on alone into the final round. Good job. Our next contestant is on the line. Hello, you're on Ask Me Another. Hey, this is Emma Parker in Santa Barbara, California. Well, hello, Emma Parker. Hi. People are sort of excited to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what they're can I super say? That excited. A lot. It's just because you're in Santa Barbara and we're jealous. Uh, <laughs> how is it over there? It's beautiful. Sure, it is. See? Yeah, I know. Now I like you a little less, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, no, here's a question for you. Uh, are you a Disney fan? Oh, I'm a huge Disney fan. Okay, all right. So what Disney character would you say you relate to the most? I mean, I feel like I need to go with one of the feministy ones, sure. like Mulan. But if I could play any of them, you know, be the voice for them, it would have to be Ariel. Oh, yeah. Yep. You got nods and claps from a lot of people in our audience right now. This game is called Disney Uncensored because we're going to uncover the dark <laughs> secrets behind those beloved animated films. I'm actually going to give you the summary of the original story, and you're going to tell me the title of the watered-down Disney movie version. 
For an example, we're going to go to our puzzle guru, John Chinesky. Once upon a time, two stepsisters cut off parts of their own feet to try to fit into a shoe. That's what happened in the original version of the Disney film, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. Fun game, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Uplifting, heartwarming, get yourself a cup of tea and cozy up to this one. So remember, we're looking for the Disney film title of the fairy tale, and if you get enough right, you get a special Ask Me Another prize. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Once upon a time, an evil queen ordered a huntsman to kill her stepdaughter. When the queen's plans were discovered, she was forced to wear burning hot iron shoes and dance to death. Oh, heavens. Uh, Snow White. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> I like that you said, oh, heavens. I mean, those Germans, they just have it out for their bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, a woodland creature's mother and cousin were shot and killed. Then the woodland creature was shot and limped around the forest, bleeding all over the place. <laughs> Poor Bambi. <laughs> Poor Bambi, I know. I'm still scarred by the Disney version. You are correct. And that, yeah, that sad tale is what Bambi I've is actually never. On. I've actually never seen it because it's too upsetting. <laughs> oh, I, I, I would never want to see that again. Utter torture. Once upon a time, a Native American woman was kidnapped by English colonialists who converted her to Christianity. Pocahontas. Pocahontas, yes. <laughs> Once upon a time, a beautiful woman and the ugliest man in Paris were both tortured. The woman was executed by hanging, and the man died of starvation. That would be the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, you're nailing this, exactly. <laughs> the ugliest man in Paris, I bet, is not bad, by the way. Probably not. Mm, not bad. And here's your last question. Once upon a time, a prince climbed a tall tower to find a princess. When he discovered she wasn't there, he leapt from the tower, fell onto some thorns, <laughs> and was blinded. Uh, tangled. I exactly, Rapunzel or Tangled, both are correct. <laughs> Princes must love Tinder these days, makes it so much easier. <laughs> Congratulations, Emma, you got them all right, so you win and ask me another anagram t-shirt. Well done. Ooh, thank you. If you find yourself looking at everyday pop culture and seeing its deep, dark trivia underbelly, then you should be a contestant on Ask Me Another. Email us at askmeanother at npr.org. We'll send you a contestant quiz. And like the song says, when you wish upon a star, your nerd dreams come true. Coming up, we'll give the Milk Carton Kids their Ask Me Another challenge, a game inspired by a show about nothing. So stick around. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Another shout out to thank and share a message from our sponsor, True TV. Misconceptions, myths, and marketing ploys are all around us, but thankfully, Adam Conover is back with new episodes of True TV's Adam Ruins Everything to reveal the awful truth about everything you take for granted. The electric car won't stop climate change, buying a home is a terrible investment, and divorce is actually good for society. It's a comedy that will make you see the world a little differently, so check out Adam Ruins Everything, Tuesdays at 10 on True TV. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and with me is house musician Jonathan Colton and puzzle guru John Chinesky. Our next game is called Opposites Attract, and our contestants are Hannah Feldman and Julia Spinolo. If you were to give me three qualities which you would say are the exact opposite of who you are, what would they be? Go ahead, Julia. Being a night owl, so this is very late for me. Okay. <laughs> being quiet. <laughs> okay. And um, being late. I'm always early. Oh, sounds like you're an early riser. Yes. Punctual. Yes. And loud. 
very interesting. It's an interesting combination. Yeah. Loud all day long and then just collapse at I, 6 p.m. I start, <laughs> yep, well, about 8.30. Okay, got it. <laughs> How about you, Hannah? I would say punctual. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Uh, well organized. <laughs> yeah. And well rested. <laughs> She is my polar opposite. Yes, you're in a game called Opposites Attract. This Perfect. is like, we couldn't have done it any better. Well, this game is about contronyms. And when I hear a word like that, I just go, hey, it's time to pass it along to our puzzle guru, John Chedesky. That's true. Contronyms are words that can be their own opposite or have two meanings that contradict each other. The word sanction, for example, can mean to approve or permit, but it could also mean to punish. So Afir and I are going to give you two opposing definitions of a word. For example, if I said, this word means to take a journey. And I said, no, it means to stumble while walking. The answer would be bourbon. No. (laughs) (laughs) The answer would be trip, because trip means both of those things. This word means to fasten securely with a threaded metal pin and a nut. No, it doesn't. It means to flee a location abruptly. Hannah. To bolt. Exactly. (laughs) We're like also reenacting basically uh, the kind of arguments NPR couples have all the time. (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't. This word means remained behind. No, it does not. It means departed recently. Hannah. Left. Left. That's right. Left is right. (laughs) I just made up that little joke. Here's a word that means an equal. No, no. It means a member of the aristocracy. Hannah. Peer? Yes. This is a word that means to decorate with ornaments. No, it means to remove excess from something like your bangs. Hannah. Trim? Trim. Be fun if a barber made that mistake and you just came back with ornaments hanging off the end of your hair. That's not what you would be a strange, strange look. <laughs> this is your last clue. This means to add or sprinkle fine particulates on something. No, it means to remove fine particulates, as in a household chore. Hannah. To dust. Dust is correct. Puzzle guru John Chinesky, how did our contestants do? Well, the winner of Opposites Attract was Hannah. Congratulations. We'll see you in our Ask Me One More final round. It's time to play a game with our very important puzzlers. Let's bring back the Milk Carton Kids. Thank you. Are you guys excited for your game? I, I'm nervous, I guess. No, you shouldn't be nervous. Joe, are you nervous? Terrified. <laughs> <laughs> now, right now, Joey, you live in L.A., uh, but Kenneth, you live in uh, New York and Nashville? Yeah, so. here. Uh, the, yeah, here in New York. How does that work for collaborating and rehearsing and working together? Do you do it over Skype or...? No, we, uh, we're just on tour a lot. So it's a nice break from one another when we go to our... It's like retreating to our separate corners. <laughs> Being in a duo is a delicate dance. So how do you work out the collaboration, the credit, the veto power? I think different duos or couples even have different styles of relating to each other. We have a very antagonistic style. <laughs> and we've allowed uh, a no-holds-barred approach to you know, our creativity. <laughs> And uh, we've also granted each other mutual veto power over all decisions, creative and business. So there's a lot of filibustering. (laughs) Things rarely move forward, or do they always move forward? Uh, We are pretty productive fighters. 
And when you're on tour, amusing yourselves in between shows, uh, do, do you guys play games in the tour van hotels? No. No? <laughs> we did one time, Joey's wife came on tour with us. She flew to Montreal, and we had to drive from Montreal to Toronto. And Joey and I argued about telephone poles for six hours. <laughs> How much is there to argue about? Well, six you hours, <laughs> You Canadians have different telephone poles. The ones that are, were along the highway that we were driving on seem to be composed of some sort of synthetic material or like metal or like carbon fiber even. Mm -hmm. Whereas ours are just look like trees with the branches chopped off. <laughs> and I was saying, look, those, they, have more, they even have more advanced telephone poles here. And Kenneth said, those aren't more advanced. <laughs> that took six hours? And six <laughs> I'm a slow speaker. <laughs> you would think that would be all there is to say on the topic. You know, structurally, they're sort of the same thing. They achieve the same purpose. I totally understand how time flies by when you guys are on the road. <laughs> Joey, you told us that you're really into Seinfeld. Kenneth told you that I'm an expert in Seinfeld, but really I'm just into Seinfeld. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, one of you is in luck. Kenneth, you know, how much do you Me. know about how much do you know about Seinfeld? Not much. Well, nothing. Not nothing. It's just invariably most conversations end with Joey telling a Seinfeld story, so I sort of know it haphazardly. Okay. So we're going to give you a list of famous Seinfeld catchphrases. Okay. You have to describe them to Joey. He has to guess the phrase. And the catch in this is that you can't say any of the big words in the phrase. So if the phrase is puffy shirt, you can't say the words puffy or shirt. If now, is there a time limit? Yeah, here? you're going you're gonna to have two minutes, and if you get stuck, you can pass. I can and pass. And just go to the next one. Okay. Yeah, so two minutes on the clock. You ready? Okay. All right. I think so. Let's go. Uh, you can't have the thing that you like to eat for lunch because I am an angry dude. No soup for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am an expert of the place in which I live. Master of my domain. <laughs> this person who would be filthy and smelly is probably one who would be, hmm? if they needed a bath and you, uh, and you use these things, they would be one who is capable of oh. being... <laughs> Sponge-worthy? Yes. <laughs> a, <laughs> a person who not once but twice would put their vegetables in... A uh, double dipper. Yeah. Um, uh, how do you do this one? Uh, and this, and this, and this. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. That was, I mean, I got to tell you, we weren't sure how it was going to work out with one person and the other person maybe, but it worked out amazing. That was very good. Uh, that was fantastic. <laughs> and before we release you, we would really love you to play one more song for oh. us. Everywhere we go, we are the child of where we came. 
time for the milk carton kids. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back Jonathan, Karen, Abigail, and Hannah to play our Ask Me One More final round. And our puzzle guru, John Chinesky, will lead this round titled The Most Important Quiz of the Day. In this final round, every correct answer will be a word, phrase, or proper noun that contains the name of a food or beverage commonly consumed by people at breakfast. For example, if I said, he debuted in Animal House, but you probably know him from Footloose or the TV series The Following, you would say, Kevin Bacon. Now we're playing this spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give us an answer. Last person standing is our Ask Me Another grand winner. And for your prize, you will have the pleasure of experiencing the harmonies of the milk carton kids firsthand. You will stand in between them, and they'll sing in your ears. <laughs> it will be a truly stereophonic experience. Jonathan, on Twitter, it's a word or phrase with a pound sign in front of it. What is hashtag? Hashtag is correct. You don't have to put it in the form of a question, by the way. This is not Jeopardy. <laughs> Just a reminder. <laughs> Karen, a congratulatory speech traditionally made by the best man or maid of honor at a reception after a marriage ceremony. Toast. Uh, yes, a wedding toast. Very good. Thank you. <laughs> Abigail, a historical incident in which Samuel Adams and the Sons of Liberty threw some British stuff into a harbor. The Boston Tea Party. That's right. <laughs> Hannah, a 2007 Wes Anderson movie about three brothers traveling across India by train after their father's funeral. Darjeeling Limited? Darjeeling Limited is correct. <laughs> Jonathan, a two-word term for a roll of belly fat that may spill over the waist of a person's pants. Muffin top. Muffin top, yeah. <laughs> That's... Yeah, we're, we're all there, yeah. Karen, the pioneering rock and roll musician who wrote Johnny B. Good. Three seconds. I don't know. Okay, just step aside. Let's see if Abigail knows the answer. Do you know it, Abigail? Chuck Berry? Chuck Berry is correct. We have to say goodbye to Karen. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> Hannah. Sean Penn won an Oscar for his 2008 portrayal of this man, California's first openly gay elected official. Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk is right. <laughs> Jonathan, founded in 1955, this mostly southern restaurant chain is open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Cracker Barrel. Not Cracker Barrel. Step aside and let's see if... Abigail, once again, can steal. Waffle House? Waffle House is right. Way to go, Jonathan. We have to say goodbye to you. Thank you. And we're down to Hannah and Abigail. Hannah. Okay. A champion racehorse that captivated Depression-era audiences, as chronicled in Laura Hillenbrand's book and its movie adaptation. Seabiscuit. That's correct. <laughs> Abigail. In 2013, Bart Simpson once again became part of an ad campaign for this candy bar. Butterfinger. Butterfinger is right. There's butter in there. <laughs> Hannah. A hit song in the 70s and 2000s, famous for its chorus, Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? Lady Marmalade. Oui, oui. Way to go. Nicely done. <laughs> Abigail. The unscrupulous theater producer in Mel Brooks' movie, The Producers. Uh, Three seconds. Bobby! No. <laughs> mashed potatoes. <laughs> Bobby mashed potatoes. That's incorrect. <laughs> Hannah, do you have a guess? Bialystok? Bialystok is right. Max Bialystok. <laughs> Hannah, you are our Ask Me One More final round winner. Congratulations, Hannah. 
uh, which means you get your special prize. Let's bring out the milk carton, kids. Joey, this is Hannah. Kenneth, Hannah. Do you know our band? Have you ever heard our band before? I have one of your songs. Oh, just one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I like it very much. You like, which one is that? One Goodbye. One Goodbye. Oh, we don't know that one. <laughs> That's you guys, right? That's us, yeah. Oh, okay, good. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Swing low, swing low, for to carry me home. Fire the skies of red. Was that enough? <laughs> so good. One more time for the milk carton kids. <laughs> That is our show. Thank you so much for playing. And remember, you can be a puzzle player anytime, anyplace by downloading our podcast from iTunes or Stitcher. And if you would like to step up your game and be a contestant, find us on Facebook or Twitter at NPR Ask Me Another. Come see us live. Go to amatickets.org. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is John Chinesky. Hey, my name anagrams to Oh Heck Ninjas. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Now Jolta Cannon. Our puzzle editor is Art Chung, with additional puzzle writing by Eric Feinstein, Natasha Lake, Travis Larchuk, Greg Lightman, Josiah Madigan, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another's produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogerson, Denny Shin, and Lena Mazitzis, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Kristen Muller, and David Hurtkin. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm Her Ripe Begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. And you know what you should try? Planet Money. It's a show that explains the economic forces that shape your life, but it sounds like you're just hanging out at a bar with your closest friends. And right now they are getting into the oil business and actually buying physical crude oil and then following it through every step of the way from the ground to the gas tank to see who are the people that are actually making our oil. So find Planet Money on NPR One or at npr.org slash podcasts. Next time on Ask Me Another, actors Omari Hardwick and Notori Naughton from the star show Power talk about meeting the show's writers and giving their input. We say, okay, I want Tasha to have a new side piece this year. <laughs> I mean, because they done killed my boo, Sean. We're very much a part of the conversation, which is nice. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia.